Sonic States. Hello, everybody, and welcome, although it's not very much of a warm welcome, unfortunately, or it is from us, but um, we are having a terrible technology day. Although you can hear me, um, Skype has been down for the duration, which is absolutely unheard of, and so we've been trying to, desperately trying to figure out a way to hook everybody else up. We're trying with iChat, but it just seems to be a completely different gain and level structure. So we're kind of struggling a little bit. Um, so this is actually Sonic Talk 201. Uh, you missed last, I missed last week because I was ill. And, um, yes, we can call this one Terrible Tech, which sounds like a fairly reasonable kind of description. So uh, we're all kind of... It's taken us 40 minutes or so to get to the stage where we've got uh, Dave Spears and Rich Hilton on the line. Uh, I, I may as well introduce my guests, even though you might not be able to hear them, because it's very for some reason the uh, audio quality is, is much reduced. But uh, let's say hello to Mr. Rich Hilton from Connecticut, where he's uh, manning the controls of one of the finest private studios in the world for Nile Rogers. How are you doing, Rich? I'm doing very well, thank you. You sort of sound like there's high fidelity going on in there somewhere, but it's all coming at me at about <laughs> 7 kilohertz. <laughs> okay. I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, but it's, I, I don't think it's you. I don't think it's you. I don't think it's me. I think it's iChat. It's just a different thing. I've never done a conference call on iChat, so this is a, very much um, a, a new experience for me. Uh, and also, obviously, um, we've also got uh, Dave Spears from G4Software.com. How are you, Dave? I'm all right, thanks. Dave Goodness seems to have got me. the high fidelity connection. Ah, you've got all the bandwidth. Ah, uh, okay, dude, well, you're hogging the fair. bandwidth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've already got a title for this show, which is show uh, 201, the terrible tech show. Because obviously, what um, we tend, you know, we we just take um, we take for granted that Skype is always going to work. I mean, it's worked for. Every single instance of the, the the show that we're on, which is you know now 201 shows, never had a problem. This is the first time ever, but I think it's a global thing. In fact, when I went to Skype.com a minute ago, um, there were problems with database connectivity, all sorts of things. So it's definitely not um, me or us. It's just a global phenomenon. Mm -hmm. I'm here, Nick, by the way. Ah, and we've also got Gaz Williams. Hello there, Gaz. Gaz uh, Rocket Goldstar. How are you doing, Gaz? Yeah, really good. Thank you very much. Also managed uh, to get you in on the iChat uh, conference call, but uh, you have uh, got the low bandwidth straw along with Rich, unfortunately. And I, I just had to buy an account as well so I could log in to be in tonight. So, uh. Oh, <laughs> that is dedication for you. Well, what can I say? I mean, that's just that's just amazing. Thank you very much. But yeah, um, so obviously there's a as I was saying to Rich just a moment ago, there's completely different uh, gain structures going in and out of Skype. So this is all a complete. There's a you know there's a totally different way of uh, this being set up. So it's quite an interesting. Um, and that's before we even consider the way it sounds at the end of that process. Oh yeah, man. And I'm not mm. quite sure why that is because I've heard iChat sound good. I don't know why that is. I wish I could tell you. Only and uh, another interesting thing is one of two computers that is sitting in front of me right now is logged into uh, Skype and is working on Skype. Well, it may be working, but I I don't know. I tried to call uh, Skype call test just now and it wouldn't connect. So I mean, I, I was logged in and now I'm not logged in at all. So that's kind of not really working well, for me. But I'm doing a text chat in uh, Skype um, at the moment and it's working. Oh right, okay. The audio video. Well, um, 
Well, I suppose we could cover at least a couple of topics. We might be able to get 20 minutes of the show in uh, and sort of wing it. Um, but thanks for hanging in there. Uh, obviously, the first thing I wanted to say is, you know, um, uh, RIP Don Van Vlier, who's uh, a.k.a. Captain Beefheart, uh, sorely missed, died on the 17th of December uh, after uh, battling with um, multiple sclerosis. Uh, genius, in my opinion. Uh, totally mad and completely random sort of... Uh, Almost like the Edward Lear of music, I would say. Nonsense lyricism and uh, completely random stuff. Awesomely difficult to work with, by all accounts as well. But the sort of thing that kind of makes one a legend. But uh, real shame, real shame. I, I never got a chance to see him, though. Some my mates at school did get to see uh, him when he played in London at Hammersmith. And uh, I, I know, Gaz, I suspect you might be, um, you might have uh, have a soft spot for the for the captain. <laughs> Oh yeah, absolutely huge fan. Um, you know, wow, what a great, great, amazing guy. Ah, uh, uh, sad, really sad. But I mean, he's been he's been ill for quite a long time, hasn't he? And, and a recluse living in the desert. And uh, uh, he's been doing all the I right things a rock star should. <laughs> yeah, he stopped making music. He hasn't made any music. He didn't make any music for thirty years or something. No, he, he was he was uh, painting, painting and sculpture. I think yeah. was, that was his thing, wasn't it? I really like his artwork. Actually, I think it's great. I've not, I've not, um, I've not um, seen any, but no doubt I shall check that out and uh, and see if I can, I could dig some of it up. I imagine it would be suitably crazy. Mm. I'm, I'm thinking well, um, Picasso for some reason. Yeah, one of the interesting things with Beefheart, and I'm sure a lot of people are aware of this, but the way that uh, his career and Frank Zappa's career sort of were kind of entwined, mm. and there, it's quite quite an interesting little recording on there's a Frank Zappa album called the lost episodes. Yeah. And one of the tunes on there, I think it's called lost in a whirlpool. And it's a recording of captain Beefheart and Zappa playing a song together. Eight, 16 years old. I think they are like a really, really poor quality recording, but it's a, it's fabulous to hear it. Cause uh, Beefheart's voice is, a, is still, it doesn't sound like his voice is entirely broken, but it's there. It still is there. He sings this really weird falsetto about being flushed down the toilet. It's really sort of adolescent lyrics. <laughs> um, but it's funny. It's a, I really urge everyone to check that one out. Just as just oh, no, because they were school buddies, weren't they? Was that kind of right? Yeah, absolutely. But then obviously once their careers both kind of took off, I think they were sort of um, not rivals as such, but I think uh, the, uh, but Beefheart was kind of washed up in the mid seventies, and uh, Zappa um, did an album with him, Bongo Fury. That's which, right. Yeah. Uh, took which went out on the road, and th- the thing was, Beefheart was a quite a terrible musician by Zappa's kind of standards. He couldn't, you know, he 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 had to have all his lyrics uh, written down on cues and stuff. And apparently, he had absolutely abysmal timing. But, I mean, this is Zappa's kind of timing, which. <laughs> very exact um, whereas Beefheart he was much more of an abstract sort of guy um, you know and sort of well I mean the famous story with Trout Mask Replica about him bashing it out on a piano over uh, a few hours or something and then the band having to spend a year learning to play these random piano improvisations <laughs> <laughs> you know accurately sort of uh, right. really quite quite fun yes I can, I can imagine that would be yeah yeah <laughs> but uh, you know i think uh you know and you know it's a sad loss really because i mean you know a wonderful insp- inspiring and uh terrific artist really yeah around. definitely well, yeah, do, do you think we got him more over here than in in europe rich i mean i'm guessing um i don't know how kind of big or small or you know on the radar he was in the u.s 
Well, I first heard him uh, singing Willie the Pimp on Hot Rats. Ah, okay. And uh, it was idiosyncratic. Yes, I think that's <laughs> fair to say. Um, and then, of course, I became a little more aware of him because I became more interested in Zappa and I became aware of some kind of connection, which I later discovered to be that they had gone to school together and they knew each other since they were both pretty young. Um, and I had Bongo Fury and I kind of listened around him. I never really got it. Maybe he's a genius that I just never appreciated. That, no, I know what you mean. It's kind of crazy, but there's a couple of albums, particularly Clear Spot is one of my favorites. It's got some just really amazing musicianship on it, but like in a kind of real swamp, crazy, sort of shuffly, mad guitarist kind of way. But the sounds and the sort of riffs are just sort of very, very special. <laughs> In my opinion, anyway. But uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's 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 an acquired taste. I think it's probably because I enjoyed it in my adolescent. I'm uh, I, it means more for me somehow then than it than it would if I'd come across it sort of later in life, perhaps. But uh, yeah, good fun, good fun. Clear spot is his high watermark, though. I think Clear it's sp- most one of the most accessible and uh, enjoyable throughout albums. Yes, I, I think, think that's true. Um, right, so should we should we should we uh, attempt a topic then? Um, did anyone see the ge- the social networking geotargeting tour organizer, the tour binder thing? Interesting idea. This um, the concept is to uh, basically it takes all of your Facebook fans and your uh, MySpace fans and figures out how uh, where they are and then helps you plan a tour to reach as many of them as possible. That's one aspect of what it does, which just seems like an absolutely blindingly obvious and brilliant idea for sort of bands to get together, particularly perhaps in the States. I'm not sure whether it's quite global um, at this point. And, but it also allows you to then have venues kind of connected in and you know put dates in and figure out your budgets and all sorts of interesting stuff. It just seems like a really good idea, something that could have been quite useful, because I don't know... Have any, has anybody actually ever had to tour manage a band, Rich, or, sorry, um, Dave Spears? Is that something that you've ever had the, the pleasure of having to deal with? I imagine it's a nightmare, isn't it? No, thank goodness. No, Andy, Andy uh, Shilito does quite a lot of tour managing. In fact, he was kind of uh, Nick Mander. You remember, um, and it was Mike Pinder and Nick Mander, the A&R guys at EMI, I think. They used to put all the kind of young newbie bands out on the road with him uh-huh. because he was like their kind of favourite uncle and he would sort of make sure they didn't get into mischief and things like that kind of guide them through all the all the pitfalls the potential pitfalls uh, so no I'm glad he tells a fantastic story in fact it's a real shame he's stuck abroad oh really due what this. due to snow yeah and he tells an absolutely brilliant story about you know uh, tour managing Kate Nash uh, which I won't go into I'll leave that for him when when we get him on the podcast next but no i thought this was a great idea and in fact i thought i was talking to a couple of mates about this and they were saying actually what you could do is you could have like um uh promoters advertising within the within the app and stuff like this and maybe even crew and stuff like that so you could kind of pick up local crew or maybe pick up a crew you know a whole crew for your tour and stuff that's a great idea yeah no that is a great idea yeah it just seems like such a sort of blindingly simple and obvious thing. I mean, Diaz, have you have you ever had to dabble with any of organising more than one gig at a time and keeping everybody on the, you know, on the on the on the bus and you know dealing with all of that stuff? 
Uh, kind of. I've been involved, so not not directly responsible, but I've been involved in various tours in various ways. But and I had a look at the link on this, and uh, I agree. I think it is an interesting idea, but it did kind of make me think a little bit about sort of how um, how so how it just kind of taps into the fact that there is so many bands and musicians out there these days. You know, for something like that to actually sort of uh, have a um, a purpose. Uh, I, I, I was a bit confused though, because it's, it's a free service. Is that right? I think it is. Yeah. Hmm, what's the business model there then? I wonder. Well, that's a good question. I'm not one I've had the chance to investigate, to be honest, but um, I, I don't know how it's going to work. I'm guessing maybe they make, maybe they make a booking fee for the, for the venues or something. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's interesting. Additional I'll definitely service. keep an eye on that. Yeah. But great idea though. It just seems like sort of what a brilliant yeah. lateral thinking use of social media and sort of empowering bands to be able to actually do their own thing to a degree. I mean, Rich, I can't imagine you've probably had too much to do with the nuts and bolts of organizing a tour for some time, but, uh, sort of thing that'd be kind of useful if you're starting out, wouldn't it? Hello? Is Rich there? Hello. Ah. Have we lost him? So quiet, he's disappeared. He's got so quiet, he's disappeared. Oh, well, that's a shame. Um, but um, I guess we could... Oh, no, wait, I'm coming. Hold on. I think he's on a different <laughs> computer, so he's got to kind of scoot across the room. Rich? Nope. Perhaps not. I think there'll be quite a lot of stuff on the uh, cutting room floor from this week's show. I have a feeling <laughs> that there's going to be... I mean, I've, uh, discount the first 40 minutes of the show. I'm going to have to get rid of that. So then uh, there's probably going to be about 10 minutes left. I've obviously get the ad sorry. in. Hey, Rich, how you doing? <laughs> Did you hear that, Tom? Um, yeah, yeah, I heard the whole thing. Actually, I did once have to road manage the band I was in for a tour through England, a bus tour through England. Uh, it's not a job I necessarily asked for, and I felt very uncomfortable with the idea that I was tour managing a band that I was in because right. you have to often take a position that might seem adversarial to their wishes. Yeah. And complicates your relationship with them as a co-musician on stage when you've just told them some shit that they didn't want to hear. Pardon me. Yeah. Language. Oh, that was complicated. And, you know, and, I, and plus there was a lot of early morning wake-ups and getting onto the bus and going to the next, you know, there was only a, like a week, but still, you know, it was a bunch of cities and um, that's something... Uh, I recommend. <laughs> I mean, some people are very good at it, and I probably could be good at it if I wasn't in the band I was doing it for. Yeah, I think that would be really hard. I mean, that's got to be tough, hasn't it, to actually talk about it yourself? You're a, shield. You're a human shield in so many negotiations between the band and everybody else. Yeah. And you so often have to break the bad news, even when you didn't create it. Yeah. That it puts you in a very difficult position. Tough. That's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that is a tough position. Hey, I'm going to quickly um, just say thank you very much to our sponsor. Uh, in fact, I'll have to actually um, bring up the ad because that's how unprepared I've been uh, with all of these technical problems. But we would like to say, even though we're sort of limping along on a, outside of our usual communication channels, obviously Skype is down, um, I want to say thank you very much to Yamaha for their sponsorship of the show. Obviously, this is probably the last show of the year, so especially big thank you to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. Uh, and they'd like to bring your attention to the Yamaha HS50M and HS80M, which are 
they're kind of like active replacements to the old uh, or the legendary uh, NS10M studio monitors. <coughs> These monitors are designed as studio monitors. You know, they're not designed to flatter or um, pamper your sound. You've got to work hard to make them sound good. You know, they don't flatter anything and that they know that it's impossible to really evaluate speakers on something like this particularly when you consider the low bandwidth that we're operating with today but but they encourage you to head off to uh, a Yamaha Pulse store in the UK which is kind of a store within a store take down some listening um, material that you want to check out take your iPod down or whatever and just check these the speakers out and see what you think of them uh, and again I'm sure you have the similar opportunities in the US in fact uh, I think it was Echo Sonic in the chat room said that he's got a pair of these and he's uh, he, th he really rates them so um, there's a sort of endorsement even though he probably didn't know that he was actually being quoted there but thank you very much for bringing that up the, the, the point is is basically you know monitors are something that are very very personal so Yamaha are just encouraging you to give them on as a go because you don't often get the opportunity to actually hear monitors in the field and uh, Yamaha kind of set it up so that it made that possible so head over to yamahadownload.com to check out where the UK Pulse stores are and I'm sure you can probably find similar resources uh, for the US as well uh, HSM 50 retails at 149 UK pounds HSM 80 249 UK pounds in fact these monitors are outselling the original Yamaha NS10Ms they're more popular in terms of sales numbers which is kind of a pretty kind of uh, amazing concept but once again we do thank Yamaha for their continued sponsor the show we really do appreciate it and uh, we hope that everybody at yamaha has a lovely christmas and we'll see you all at nam so um back to the show uh, let's think um well that was uh, social networking that was tourbinder.com really do uh, think you should check that out uh, also we got something else that's kind of fun and um, this was uh, the new ken Macbeth micro Mac, which is one of the X series, which is another one of these kind of little mini um, sort of stroke modular systems. And it's got, uh, I believe it's a three VCO, uh, two envelope, uh, one filter. And it's got these little vernier dials. It's, it's, it's a lovely looking thing. There seems to be a kind of whole bunch of these kind of little guys coming along. The Dirt for Dark Energy, Vimona Lancet Mono. Uh, no idea on pricing or anything, or availability on this. I don't know. Uh, Dave Spears, have you actually heard any of the Macbeth stuff? Does it have... It, does it sound pretty good? Because I, 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 I've not really had an opportunity other than actually at a show, which has been, you know, not necessarily the best uh, audio environment to enjoy. But they do that sort of large format ARP 2600 type copy, don't they, as well? I've always liked the look yeah, of that. Yeah, which, which does sound great, actually. That's, it's got real balls and aggression to it. I love that. And in fact, you can kind of tell if something's got real clout when you do listen to it at a show, because if it still cuts through that cacophony, yeah. that's kind of where I make my kind of judgment. It's like, I'll, I'll make, I'll make some time to check that out. I do like that. I, I'd say if I was in the market for an old 2600, I might opt for that instead because you know, you've got the quarter inch jacks and stuff. And, uh, and it's not so it's old and knackered. Yeah, exactly. It's probably a similar no, price, really, isn't it? Uh, oh no. I mean, 2600s go for crazy, crazy. Really? And the, the, the Macbeth is cheaper? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I really like the, the look of this little thing as well. Those vernier pots are just gorgeous. Yeah. I'd, I'd definitely mm. like to check this out. 
definitely. Well, hopefully we'll be able to see that at NAM. I don't know whether it's going to be there. I don't know whether he's going to be there. I've had no contact with him, unfortunately. But, um, we, you know, as usual, we usually get to spend a couple of quality hours just going around the analog stalls and getting everybody. You know, it's always nice to see the little boutique guys, the Harvestman people and uh, Dopefer. I don't think Dopefer's going to be there this year, but they'll be focusing on Mesa. But, um, you know, I, I've also um, had communication with John Bowen. He'll be there with a almost production model of the uh, Solaris. So I think we're kind of going to see some interesting uh, synth boutiqueness. And it's just something about these little things that you just kind of want. I, I know, um, Gaz, we've spoken about some of these things on shows previously, and you've been tempted. Mm. Have you have you actually made any um, mini synth modular stroke purchases, or are you still kind of poised as to where Ooh, to go? I, I am poised. I am. I've got a, a mofo, which is a little. It's not a modular, obviously, but it's a, this mini thing. But um, I do like the idea of these. You know, having a desktop full of mini modulars and then being able to link them all up. I think that's really nice. Uh, I, I'm not a massive fan of the rack mount sort of uh, layout. So I think the sort of more sort of desktopy kind of layout designs, I think, is very very tempting. Um, and I guess it's. Uh, so what what connectors is it with the Macbeth then? How do you connect? Uh, it, well, that's a it... very good question. I unfortunately because I had to reboot my machine, all my um, my pictures that were up on the browser have all gone. Uh, Dave, mm-hmm. do you do you recall? Sorry, say again. What connectors is it on the? Uh... Uh, they look like little. Oh, hang on a second. I've got it not... here in front of me. They do look like just little um... mini jacks. Is it? Yeah, mini. yeah, yeah. That's what they look like. Okay, so you could sort of then link up a dark energy with that for instance yeah no i i, I think that's probably what it's designed for that would be nice way, you know? do you think there's something yeah. it's, it's funny isn't it it's almost like well it's not a real modular so it's not like i'm buying something that means that i've got to then populate a cabinet and i'm going to spend hours of my life you know lost in uh, modular time so it's a sort of modular light so it's okay really it's sort of almost that element to it and it's uh, uh, mm-hmm. the apologists modular is it all normal sort of unless you patch in it looks it certainly looks like it yeah i mean I, I spent quite a while looking at the two pictures that nick sent through on gear junkies and it was just like mm. ah yes nice vernier pots i can definitely see the waveforms uh mm. it looks like i can see the envelopes anyway yeah i could get very mm. very anal <laughs> <laughs> Rich, I know that you're kind of um, the, the, the synth hardware world. You know, you, you're kind of pretty much catered for with in terms of your uh, the the mini, and um, you got an. M- Did you say you had an MS twenty as well? I have an MS twenty here at home. Ah, uh, okay. Excuse me. Um, and I have the multi mode here at home. And we're, I'm interested in hardware. I love this stuff. I thought this this was a very interesting looking device. Um, and yes, I'm interested by the trend towards tiny little modular gear that will seemingly interconnect in some useful ways and uh, allow one to create a desktop little desktop modular rig with a variety of different sounds available. It could be a lot of fun. I think it could be, couldn't it? I could, I could see there. I'm sorry. I think it could be great fun. And also, it's not so. I don't. Th- there's no price fixed yet, but I know that like the um, um perhaps the um the Vimona Mono Lancet is not really modular, but it does have apparently there's a D type on the back which is going to allow you to break out. Uh, a lot of it's normalized, so you, but you'll be able to patch in and, and access this stuff. And that's what I'm wondering. That you know that that might well be um 
something that you know this this has. I, d- I don't know enough about it just yet, but I, I wonder how much it's going to cost. I mean, how much do you think? How much would you pay for something like this? How much would it have to be for you to go? Oh, I'm getting one definitely. Me, yeah, four hundred bucks. Four hundred bucks. Yeah, maybe four hundred quid. Yeah. I mean, I've seen something mentioned about that it may be about two thousand bucks. Oh, really? What for that little wow. thing? <laughs> yeah. Really? Right. Okay. Is yeah. that right? Well, I, I mean, that's on the Muffwiggler forum that I went to by the link that uh, Nick My apologies said. to Ken Macbeth. <laughs> and some, well, I, mean, I don't know for sure, but somebody said it'll probably be about two two thousand bucks, but it might be it would probably be worth it. That's hard to swallow. Oh, sure. Wow, that's that's a lot of money. But I mean, Ken's Ken's stuff is all sort of hand built by him in his flat, basically, isn't it? It's kind of he is the the archetypal boutique synthesizer maker. Or one of them, you know, he's definitely got all the right credentials for that. And quite, yeah, I'd be surprised if it is that if it does come out of that because I think the uh, what's what's the other one? What's the big art one? MX Five. Yeah, I think that's about two and a half, isn't it? Yeah, you couldn't chat. You well, what? So five hundred thousand. Five, there's five hundred quid difference, and one of them is a massive nineteen-inch pan, and one of them is a tiny little thing. Seems like M Five N. Sorry, yes, not MX Five. M Five N. Right. I know, um, I've seen somebody with one of those. I think um, Way Out West, Jody from Way Out, Way Out West has got, apparently it went for 3,500 UK pounds, the ARP 2600 kind of alike. So that's kind of chunky, a chunk of change, but, you know, such a nice little thing. Well, such a nice big yeah. thing. It's like kind of modular, mean, synthesis, modular synthesis for the hard of seeing. <laughs> yeah. Not so fiddly. I mean, it- Twenty six hundred. You're looking at at least five grand. Really? Wow. Woo. Yeah. That's at least a bunch of cash. That really is. There's that other really tiny synth they released recently that had the little ribbons that connected. Yes, I can't remember. We we covered it, didn't we? It looked really desirable. It was about twelve hundred euros that one. But it was. But it was like strips of copper that can that you used as patch cords or something. But it had some enormous amount of LFOs and uh, VCOs and all that. It was just stuffed full of it, wasn't it? But it was just like a kind of about the size of a MacBook. I tell you what, it reminded me of. Does anyone remember those old um, SEC mixing desks, which were Mm -hmm. all surface mount and that were about kind of two inches thick? Reminded me of that kind of thing. I think Howie Scar ended up buying one of those. Oh, he did. He got one. I think so. I, I, I've known many of them. I've never known one to work. Oh, what, a sec mixing desk? <laughs> yeah. They all used to grab it. I, I remember going to see quite a lot of them uh, in Bristol because when I was in the market for a new desk, you could buy a lot of channels for very little money. But the problem was is only a small proportion of them would work. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't imagine that there's. Uh, they used to be. I think they were the they were the ones to get before the old uh, Alesis whatever that thing was called, the first Elisa surface mount mixer came out. Forgotten, forgotten the name of it. Long multi-mix or something. It was a very long time ago. Mm. It was all carbon fibre and sort of, it was the first surface mount technology where everything was on the surface. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I digress. I think um, perhaps um, it, it's been fun uh, so far. Uh, well, the bit where we've actually been able to talk about topics has been absolutely great. I'm not so sure about the previous part where I spent 40 minutes figuring out whether Skype was going to work, um, but it's been great to to have you guys aboard, and I really appreciate you hanging in there, because I, I, to be honest, if it was me on the other end of the line, I'd have probably gone and done other stuff that was more important, but I'm just guessing that just shows how dedicated and wonderful you are as guests, and uh, how lucky I am to have you um, on 
particularly today of all days. Um, so I think perhaps what we're going to do is uh, I'm going to kind of sign off now because uh, I'm, my voice is starting to give up. I've been talking nonsense for so long. Um, uh, only, only the fact that you guys being available later on has actually saved me from myself. So I want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. I'll say thanks to Rich Hilton in uh, Connecticut. Uh, thank you for kind of getting us on and, and finally figuring out a way to do it. We're now talking over iChat, which is, I have to say, um, tonally seriously inferior to Skype. Skype is jolly good. Hmm. <laughs> it, it's not sounding quite right today, that's for sure. Well, I'm guessing everybody on Skype is, uh, who was on Skype is probably in iChat. And uh, that goes to my theory that I think the Skype Christmas party must have been last night. And it must have been a hell of a party, that's all I could say, because <laughs> they've certainly let it all go, let it all slip today. Anyway, uh, Rich Hilton, uh, myspace.com forward slash Tony's. Have a great Christmas. Really look forward to uh, talking to you again in the new year. It's been, um, it's been a great you. year that we have had, so thank you very much. I agree, and, and best to all of you guys. Happy holidays. Thank you. And uh, we'll come back over the side of the pond and we'll say to uh, Dave Spear from G4 Software, who is not going to NAM, and so has a restful, hopefully, and uh, quite um, luxurious Christmas and New Year coming up ahead. But thank you very much, G4Software.com, for joining us. Thank you. Uh, and no rest. <laughs> That's why I'm not going, actually, because we're absolute chaos. So. Ah. Is, it, yes. that, is that in a good way? It could be. Uh, okay. If we pull it off, it could be a good way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you the best of but luck. Yeah, no, thank you very much, guys. And have a yeah, great time over Christmas and New Year. Yeah, I know. Thank you very much. And also, we, uh, we want to say thank you to uh, Gaz Williams, who's the uh, our resident Bristol Welsh-based record producer. Still probably still I at it. Way around. Still at it now, I'd imagine. Yes. You, have you got uh, any sessions? Welsh, You've got any Bristol base. Well, Welsh, Bristol base. Have you got any sessions to finish before Christmas, or are you all done? Um, I've got one tomorrow afternoon, and then that's it. Then wow, um, right so, up to the wire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, off to Sweden for a bit then, Ooh, and then uh, lovely. be back in sort of, first week in January. Well, have a lovely festive time, and thank you very much for joining us as ever. And uh, hopefully, we'll have your. Your fabulous um, new website, but Rocket Gold Star on MySpace uh, in the meantime. Well, you know, now I've took the plunge with the mobile me account. I can actually, I've got somewhere to host uh, my website now. <laughs> so hopefully in the new year, it all will be revealed. But can I just wish everybody a very happy Christmas? Mer- oh, sorry. Holidays. That doesn't sound right, does it? Happy Christmas, Merry New Year. All that. Uh, it's, it's all fine. <laughs> thank you well well thanks everyone and and pj also he i was working a late session and he said uh to say thank you to uh to everybody and also uh to the chatties uh without you this would be um a much more insular experience we we really do appreciate all your input so merry christmas merry holidays whatever your denomination enjoy a break whatever it is and i hope you stay warm and uh that was sonic talk 201 just about and i think we're going to call it terrible tech week because there's no real other way to describe it. So hopefully next time we'll have Skype back on. We're not going to be recording next week. I think the next show um, will be on Wednesday, uh, early January. I don't have the date in front of me. But thank you very much to everybody, one and all. And uh, please do enjoy your Christmas break. Distant cousins, there's a limited supply. And we're down to the dozens. And this is why Big Eyed Bean
Venus from Venus. Oh, my. Boys and girls, Earth people around the circle, mixtures of man alike. Big eyed beings from Venus, don't let anything get in between us. Beam in on me, baby, and we'll beam together. I know we always been together, but there's more. Mr. Zoothorn Rollo, hit that long, looming note and let it flow. <laughs>